Bible Interact is a group of Bible scholars and biblical archaeologists who promote the Hebraic nature of Scripture and view the two Testaments as one unified message. They explain how they use a first-century approach to searching the Scriptures, and they share their methods and discoveries for discussion and dialogue. They invite your comments and participation on BibleInteract.tv, where you can also find more teachings, self-study quizzes, webinars, and interviews. Shalom. I am Dr. Ann Davis with Bible Interact. I have been talking in past sessions about the two aspects of salvation. The first is a promise. It's a promise that those who belong to God will be with Him in righteousness at some time in the future. We cannot come into the presence of God in an unrighteous condition because God is a righteous God and if we come in a sinful condition we will die. So that sinful condition must be purged from us in order for us to come into his presence. But the first aspect of salvation is a promise. If you belong to God, you will be with him in righteousness at some time in the future. I have tried very hard to explain that from my study of the scripture, I believe that all Jews belong to God. Now, I am replacing the word saved with belongs to God because saved has so much theological trapping to it. So I say that all the children of Israel belong to God because God calls them his firstborn son. He refers to himself as their father. They belong to him. They have the promise of being with God at some time in the future. Now, for those who are not Jews, they are called Gentiles. Gentile simply means a, not, a person who's not a Jew. That's all it means. The Gentiles are not Jews. And God had promised through Abraham that at some time in the future he would bless the, the Gentiles through Abraham. And Paul says in, in uh, the New Testament that God has fulfilled his promise. He has blessed the Gentiles uh, by by allowing Gentiles to belong to his family through their faith in his son, just as um, as Abraham believed. And so the Gentiles, when they believe, believe in, in God's son, they also belong to God as part of God's family. They have been added to the family of God. That's the first aspect of salvation. It's a promise of something future, and I like to use the term belong to God. Because if you belong to God, you have the promise. You have the promise that you will be saved from death to life at some time in the future when you will be able to come into God's presence in righteousness. Now, in the last session I talked about the second aspect of salvation as it referred to Israel. The second of aspect of salvation is to, to have a life now. You belong to God. You're going to be with him at some time in the future, but what about now? Now you have a choice. You can either live in worldly ways or you can choose to live in godly ways, in which case you will be... Uh, rescued from the bondage of the world. The world puts us in in bondage. It, um, it It's deceitful. It makes us think that we can be happy if we have a lot of money or a university education or two cars or whatever, or we have a good job. It deceives us to think that that's, you know, the true, that's true happiness of life. And God says, nope, it's not that way at all. To have true life, you must be walking in my way 
which you now can do through my son. I've given you my son, and through my through faith in my son, I've given you the gift of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and you can now walk in, in my ways, and in that way, I'm going to rescue or deliver or save you from the deceit of the world, from the suffering of the world, from the trials and tribulations of the world, from the consequences that the world brings upon you. I'm going to save you from that now in your life so that you can walk in the wholeness of life with me if you choose. That's the second aspect of salvation. Now, for the children of Israel, they they know they belong to God. There's no question. They know they belong to God. So their focus is on daily living. God has given them the law. And their focus is on knowing that law and and doing that law, walking in the ways of God through the law that God has given given them. And God has also is is also in the process of instructing them through a process called testing. Very important for us to understand testing because testing is is for Gentile believers in in Christ today. Uh, testing is where God allows us to walk in worldly ways. And we bring upon ourselves the consequences of the world. So when we sin, let's say that, you know, we just have, um, you know, maybe just one little drink of alcohol before we're going to drive. But that tasted so good. Maybe we'll have two or three. And then we get in in a car and we are under the influence of alcohol. We get into an accident and somebody is killed. We've God allows those consequences because uh, it's it's a form of loving instruction. He's, what he's doing is he's saying, look, you're not going to turn to me. You're not, you, you have to have a wake-up call. That's the only way I'm going to teach you to turn to me and not to walk in the ways of the world, but to walk in my ways. So that's how God is instructing. He's instructing Israel through the law and through this process of testing. Now, <clears throat> what we get with um, Gentile believers is that they get added to the family of God by their faith in Christ. They now belong to God just the way the children of Israel belong to God. God is working with them through the process of testing just the way he's working with the children of Israel through a process of testing. But they now have all those with faith in Yeshua, both Jew and Gentile, now have something that the children of Israel never had and that those Jews still do not have if they do not have faith in Yeshua. And that is the gift of the Holy Spirit which comes through faith in Christ. That's how it comes. So I'm going to talk about the promise of the Spirit. The New Testament refers to the promise of the Spirit and you have to go back into the Old Testament to understand the promise of the Spirit. What was that promise, and how has that come into our lives today? <clears throat> By the way, uh, my book is um, extensively talks about this. It's called The Law is Not a Curse, Paul's Midrash in Galatians. It's available on Amazon, and I go into great detail about... Paul's use of the the artistic nature of his language. We can't just read it literally. Very artistic, which is similar to the way Hebrew is very artistic, and also his methods of midrash to uncover depth of meaning. Uh, And one of the conclusions he draws is that um, he he uses uh, what sounds like the curse of the law, but that's part of the midrashic argument. He does not mean that the law is a curse. It's part of his midrashic argument. Now, um, I'm going to go into Paul because um, Paul says uh, we have received the promise of the Spirit through faith. So we've got to understand what the promise of the Spirit is. 
Paul was writing to the Galatians. Uh, Galatia was located in what is today Turkey. And the, the people in Galatia, we can see, were both Jewish believers and Gentile believers. They were all believers. Some of them were Jews, some of them were Gentiles. The reason we draw this conclusion that the Jews in Galatia were believers in Christ is right here in Galatians. Paul says, we are Jews by nature, not sinners out from the Gentiles. He's talking to Jews. We're Jews. We are Jews. And and it's irony, you know, he's poking fun at them, not sinners out from the Gentiles. You're supposed to know better, you turkeys. <laughs> we are Jews. And then he goes on, we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ. So what was happening is that these Jewish believers were teaching the Gentiles that they had to know the law and they had to be circumcised. And 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 by doing that, they were they they didn't understand the power of the spirit they didn't understand what the holy spirit was and the power of the spirit so they were trying to take the gentiles back into being uh into becoming jews you have to know the law you have to be circumcised you have to be jews to belong to god and paul was saying no 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 that is not true at all and he's going to address these two issues do do Gentile believers in Christ have to know the law? We read in Galatians, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. There's nothing wrong with knowing the laws in the Old Testament. There's nothing wrong with it. But what you must do is, is you must walk in the ways of the law, and you can't walk in the ways of the law by putting it in your head and having head knowledge. You now can walk in the ways of the law by by the gift of the Holy Spirit. We read that the law is written on our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's in our hearts. We don't have to put it in our heads. It's in our hearts. And all we have to do is to activate it by our faith and love of Christ. It's like it's sitting there latent, just waiting to be used. <laughs> and and we can put it into use with our faith and love of Christ. So if you are led by the Spirit, if you're... If, you're, if the Spirit is leading you, you're walking by the Spirit, you're not under the law. You don't need to know the law because the law is written on your heart and you can activate it by your faith and love of Christ. Now, when it comes to circumcision, we hear Paul saying in Galatians 5, 6, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. It doesn't matter whether you're circumcised. It doesn't matter whether you're uncircumcised. It doesn't matter at all. What matters is faith working through love. It's a very interesting uh, Greek construction. It, it, um, the, in the Greek, it, what it means is that faith, or your believing and your trust in Christ, will activate the love. It, it energizes, it activates that love that you have for Christ, and in so doing, you are going to be led by the Spirit. You're going to walk by the Spirit. So what Paul is saying is that there's nothing wrong with learning the law. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't stop there because you want to be able to walk in the ways of the law and you do this by the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's important to know the Holy Spirit and what it is. And that's what we're going to spend the rest of this session doing, talking about the Holy Spirit. So Paul, and, and I, I explain this in my book, The Law is Not a Curse, Paul's Midrash in Galatians 
He uses halakhic midrash, which I'm not going to explain now, but I do explain it in the book, to draw two conclusions. The first conclusion we read, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. So he has proven from scripture that God promised to bless the Gentiles through Abraham. And and Paul had to draw out using this halakhic midrash that it was by faith in God's son that God would bless the Gentiles. So the Gentiles have now belong to God by their faith in Christ. If they don't believe in Christ, they don't belong to God, but uh, at least not yet. But um, uh, but by their faith in Christ, they belong to God. So so God has fulfilled his promise to bless the Gentiles, and this is how he's done it. He's brought the Gentiles into his household, together with the children of Israel, by their faith in Christ. And then we read the second conclusion, and this is the one about the Holy Spirit that I really want to focus on for the rest of the session. So that we, and the we is referring to both the Jew and Gentile believers, so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So God made a promise of the Spirit back in the Old Testament in the Hebrew Scriptures, and that promise has been fulfilled, and that is the promise of the Spirit. So what we need to do now is we need to go back and look in the Hebrew Scriptures to see the promise of the Spirit, to see what has been fulfilled. The first thing you need to do is you need to understand what the Spirit is. We read in John 4.24 that God is spirit. This is referring to God the Father. God is spirit. The word spirit, ruach, can also be translated breath or wind. Because this spirit is something that you cannot experience with your five senses. You cannot see spirit. You cannot hear spirit. You cannot feel spirit. You cannot taste spirit. You cannot touch spirit. The Father is spirit, and we cannot, we cannot experience him with our five senses. He's like wind. We cannot see wind. We cannot feel, taste, touch, or hear wind. What we hear when the wind blows is... is, is um, well, let me do it. I don't know. I don't know enough about hearing. But when we see, um, well, let's see. Well, okay. When we hear the wind, it's, it's, it's the wind striking something. It howls because it strikes something. The wind itself we can't hear. We can only hear the effect of the wind when it hits something. And um, it's, and it's the same thing like breath. You can't see breath if you see on a cold day what looks like breath coming out of your mouth it's really the water vapors that you see so you don't see spirit you don't see breath you don't see wind you only see what those things um, how they manifest themselves you know the, the sort of the results or consequences of what they do you know it's um, it's okay like wind blowing in the sky we can look up at clouds and it looks like the, the clouds are moving it's not wind that is moving it's it's the the water vapor that creates the clouds that are moving so this spirit is not something that you know that that we can see with our five senses and yet God makes himself known by the things that he does and 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 the way that he operates now I'm talking about God the Father all right so 
this God is spirit and his nature is holy. So whatever God is, his nature is holy. It is spirit. Now, what is the promise of the spirit? All right, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, cited from Joel, and I'm going to read you this citation in Joel. I will pour out my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I want you to focus in on the the term of pouring out. God is going to pour out his spirit. Now remember, his spirit is his nature. It's not something that you can touch, feel, taste, or hear. It's his nature. And his nature is holy. His nature is spirit. And that nature he is going to pour out. All right. Now, let's go back to Paul. All right. Paul says, when we were children, we were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. All right. That's that's exactly what I've been talking about. The second aspect of salvation is rescuing us from the bondage of the world. It has nothing from sin to life. It's rescuing us from the bondage of the world. The world puts us in bondage by making us think things that aren't true, making us think that, you know, we'll be happy if we have plenty of money in the bank. And that's not true at all. So the world puts us in bondage. And Paul says, when you were in bondage under the world, it's like you were children. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law. Who was under the law? It was the Jews who were under the law. And Paul is talking to these Jewish believers who are trying to teach the Gentiles that they have to know the law and be circumcised. This law put, you know, you were in bondage under the law, but now you've been released from that bondage because God has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know how to operate the gift of the Holy Spirit, you're still going to be in bondage to the world. And then he goes on, uh, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now, if you take a look at this in the Hebraic sense of time, we're going to look at the at the concept that spirit brings life. Spirit is that nature of God that brings life. In past times, we read that God created all living things and he breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. So so this this concept of life is something that God places in us. We lose it when we die. It's the breath of life. And, and we lose it when we die. But God puts, us, puts that in us, and he created that at the very beginning of time. Now, when you go to the future, you see we have a promise of future eternal life with God, which means we'll be in a righteous condition so that for, the, for all eternity we can be with God because we are in a righteous condition for all eternity. That's the future. What we want to focus on is right now the present. In the present... We have available to us the fullness of life now. This is the second aspect of salvation, the fullness of life now. We, we have the fullness of life now if we bring the law into our lives so that we do the law. We walk in the ways of the law. We walk in the way of righteousness. And we do this by the gift of the Holy Spirit, which we activate by our love and faith of Christ. This gives us the fullness of life now. You look around at all the Christians around you, and I would say that most of them are not claiming the fullness of life that is available to them. 
Now, people that you know may be claiming the fullness of life in part. And it's, it's a process because we grow in it. We, the, the, the life in us gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It's, it, you know, the longer we live, the more we dedicate ourselves to God, the more this richness of life will get bigger. And this is the second aspect of salvation. So what the Spirit brings us is, is a number of things. Uh, for example, we see that the Spirit brings us wisdom and understanding. And I'm going to go back into Exodus 32.3, and we, and we hear about, um, let's see, Betzal El, and I think I have, I had it marked, and I, and I, and I lost it. I think I turned the pages so that I no longer have it here in front of me. Oh, I can find it. Here it is. I got it. I got it. Let me read it to you. Um, Betzalel is the one who made the the things for the uh, tabernacle. I have filled Betzalel with the spirit of God. Okay, now this is this that spirit. This is the spirit of God. The spirit of God has, and and God has filled His spirit into Betzalel. The spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all kinds of craftsmanship. So this spirit fills us with the wisdom and the knowledge and understanding of God. That's one thing that it it does. We read in the Psalms, David saying, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. So the spirit will guide you. It it, it, It will show you the way in which to go. And the way in which to go is the law written on your hearts. That's the way in, in which you go. Um, and we we see this um, in the New Testament, um, where oh, it's in the Gospel of John, and and it we read in the Gospel of John, chapter sixteen, verse thirteen. When the Spirit of Truth comes, this Spirit of Truth will guide you into all the truth. It will guide you into this knowledge and this wisdom and this and, and this understanding. It will guide you in that way, and it will also guide you in the way that you walk, because that knowledge and wisdom and understanding is going to lead to a righteous walk with God. And that's the law written on your heart. That's that's how you 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 bring the law into your life. You know, God referred to Israel as having an uncircumcised heart. Circumcision cuts away the flesh. The flesh represents the worldly part of you. And now God has circumcised your heart by putting the law on your heart. So you have the ability to to walk in a way that, that removes the worldly parts of you. It's a process. And that is the second aspect of salvation. It's not something that you click your fingers and you have it. It's a process that you walk in it. And this promise of the Spirit, you can see it throughout the Hebrew Scriptures. It's really wonderful. Um, uh, God says uh, uh, that he's going to circumcise the hearts. That's a prophecy. And how? what will happen when your heart is circumcised? You will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And in Ezekiel, I will give them a new heart 
and put a new spirit within them. Now, that doesn't mean it's a difference. It's still the spirit of God. But it's new in that now it's written on your heart so that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to guide you into this knowledge and this wisdom and this understanding, which is in the law, but the law is now written on your heart. And you and, and it guides you in this knowledge and wisdom and understanding as you grow in your love and faith of your Lord Yeshua. This this is what the promise of the Spirit is, and it has been poured out on us. Poured out, by the way, is used for the pouring of the blood during the sacrifice at the tabernacle and then the temple. It's the pouring out of the blood, and that gives us the image of God pouring out the blood of his Son, which, which had to happen in order to make it available for us to have this gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we are directed to have our faith in that Son and faith in the Father who sent His Son and sent His Son to die on the cross so that when we believe in Him, we have the resurrection to life just as He did. We have two aspects of resurrection to life. We have the promise that we will be with God sometime without sin. We'll be in a righteous condition. Sin will be overcome. And we also have the gift that we can walk in it now, which is the second aspect of salvation. We can walk in it now because we have the law written on our hearts and we activate it the the more we grow in relationship with our lord yeshua that's the second aspect in the next session i'm going to do some more with the second aspect of salvation it's, it's that important so i'll see you in the next session shalom